You're listening up your game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison. It has been a hot minute, but it is great to be back. Finally doing another episode for you guys. For our listeners out there, we've hit another milestone on the show as this is our 75th episode of Up Your Game. Thank you to all those who've been faithfully tuning in. Well, in this episode, I'm going to be covering and recapping the NBA finals that just wrapped up, as well as a lot of other NBA news from around the league. So starting things off with the NBA Finals, we had the Denver Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat four games to one in a best-of-seven series. Nikola Jokic continued his dominant play, won Finals MVP, well-deserved. His numbers were absolutely crazy, averaging 30 points a game, 14 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block on 58%. Uh, Field goal percentage, 42% from three. Now, not to take anything away from the Joker, because those are crazy stats, but I feel like everyone's been wanting to say, you know, that's one of the greatest finals performances ever. But then when you compare that with just three years ago when LeBron James won the 2020 NBA Finals, his numbers were eerily similar of 30 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists, one steal, one block on 59% field goal percentage, and 42% three. So very, very close numbers there, almost identical for two phenomenally great players. But yes, Joker winning this NBA Finals MVP. Funny thing is, though, he's already somehow lost the MVP trophy. He uh, did an interview the other day, and they made a comment, you know, you're, I think, the first Finals MVP who's walked into the room here without holding your final MVP trophy, and he's like, well, that's because I lost it. And I guess he left it with the um, equipment manager in his room, and then he said, yeah, I haven't seen it since. So who knows where it is. Hopefully it turns up for him. But anyways, can't take it away from him. I mean, physically he doesn't have it, but he won it. That's all that matters. Funny thing was, too, is that after they won, Joker was not excited about the parade. They told him, yeah, it's on Thursday, and he was like, no, no, I got to go home. I thought that was pretty funny. But then, however, he changed his tune. When the time came, he was all about the festivities. Of course, they were just living it up. I do feel bad for his poor wife, though. She got hit in the face with a, with a beer can. So now, thankfully, it kind of ricocheted off a couple people before it hit her. But still, I mean, that couldn't have felt good. And then they've got their little baby right there, right in front of her. So, I mean, thank goodness it didn't hit her. But Still feel bad for his wife, but great celebration there with the parade. Had a lot of fun. You could tell it, it was just a great time all the way around. Saw a video, too, of uh, Joker uh, tackling Jamal Murray into the pool there. And uh, just need to see those guys, you know, just just two big kids, basically, just having a good time. So just, just really nice to see that. And speaking of Jamal Murray, he wins a championship 18 months after tearing his ACL. A lot of people doubted he could come back return to that all-star form that, you know, he had been playing before he got hurt. And so to see him come back after that, very happy for him. He was very emotional after the game. Actually called out um, several people, you know, just to thank Clay Thompson, Victor Oladipo, guys like that that have that have battled through injuries similar to his or, you know, this, the same type of injury and just gave him encouragement along the way and just to keep fighting, not to give up and, that's what he did, and now here, here we are 18 months later, 
and he's he's an NBA champion. So really happy for Jamal Murray there. Another guy I'm happy for is Caldwell Pope, KCP. He's got two championships in the last four years. Of course, he won the championship three years ago with the Lakers there. Now he's on the Nuggets, gets a second championship in four years. Really happy for him. And then special congratulations to two guys who have been around the block. That's probably an understatement. And they finally got their first championship. Ish Smith has been on 13 teams in 13 years. And Jeff Green has been on 11 teams in 15 years. So happy for both of these guys for sticking with it and finally winning a ring. And then speaking of winners, all he does is win, 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 no matter what. I'm talking about Christian Braun. This dude won three high school championships, three Big 12 titles in college, and then capped it off with a college national championship and now has won an NBA championship as a rookie. That is quite the resume. Can we talk about Aaron Gordon for a minute? First off, the guy got revenge on Dwayne Wade by beating his former Miami Heat in the finals. For those who don't remember, Gordon got robbed in the slam dunk contest a few years back, and it was D. Wade's low score in the final round that cost him the win. And sadly, the judges all got together and were kind of deciding what they what they should give as a score. And then, yeah, D. Wade was the one with the lower score and ended up costing Aaron Gordon. So kind of a nice way for him to, to kind of get back at D. Wade and, you know, beat his old team there. So, but then... Some not-so-good news for Aaron Gordon. This guy was quoted saying, you know, I'm definitely going to be sitting in my rocking chair when I'm 79 or 90 years old talking to my kids about, yeah, back in the day, I locked these guys up. The guys he's referring to is Carl Anthony Towns, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Jimmy Butler. You know, I think someone needs to find our friend Aaron a dictionary and have him look up what the definition of locked up really means. Because he didn't lock anybody up. Any one of these guys got any shot that they wanted, scored numerous amounts of points every single game. Maybe he should tell his kids about how he allowed a 38-year-old man playing in year 20 to average a 30-point triple-double against him. Maybe tell them about that. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, playoff Jimmy, had been playing great. People were started saying, you know, Jimmy Butler's Michael Jordan's son because he was playing so well in the playoffs. Well, the last game, he looked like one of Michael Jordan's real sons who neither one was good at basketball. Tyler Hero suited up for the last game there, game five, and ended up not being a hero as he remained on the bench the entire time. They had actually been playing better ball without him, but still the guy was averaging 21 points a game. I'm sure they would have loved to have him out there if he was fully healthy. I just don't think the hand, he could just give it a go. I'm sure he would have been out there if he could, but I mean, 50%, 75%, you know, you're going to do more harm to your team than good. So I get, I mean, I, I get it. You might as well not be out there unless you're a hundred percent. But you got to give the Heat their props because they had quite the playoff run. First off, it didn't even look like they were going to be making the playoffs as they lost the opening play-in game and trailed the second play-in game with three minutes remaining. They managed to pull that out and earn the eighth seed for the playoffs. Their consolation prize 
was going up against the number one seed in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks, who many, including myself, had not only winning the East, but the entire championship. They didn't care, though, and dispatched them in six games, despite two of those games being down by 14-plus points in the fourth quarter and coming back to win. The next round, they got those pesky Knicks and were able to take care of them fairly quickly. little scare in that round as Jimmy Butler hurt his ankle but was able to come back after missing game two and they were able to finish off the Knicks. The conference finals, no one had them beating the Boston Celtics, but again, they didn't care. They jumped out to a 3-0 series lead before allowing Boston to come storming back and force a game seven in the garden. Again, they were given no chance but yet the Heat smacked the Celtics at home and earned their spot in the NBA Finals. The Nuggets' journey was a little less dramatic. They dismantled the T-Wolves in five games in round one, beat up on Kevin Durant, Booker, and the Suns in round two, then swept LeBron, AD, and the Lakers in the conference finals. Sadly, I think everyone knew the inevitable, and that was the Nuggets easily winning this series, which they did. The Heat managed to steal Game 2 in Denver, which was the Nuggets' only home loss all playoffs. My best friend Ben doesn't believe that the altitude plays a factor, but I think that home record speaks for itself. Miami had an interesting game plan in Game 2 where they tried to take away Joker's ability to be a playmaker and just force him to be the only scorer. He had 41 points. But the Nuggets lost, and in fact, this is interesting, Denver was 0-3 in the playoffs when Joker scored 40 or more points in a game. So again, Jokic is a lot more effective when he's getting those triple doubles. He's scoring less, but he's getting 12 assists. But man, you let let the guy go off for 40-plus. I mean, I remember a game against the Suns, then he had 55, and they lost that game. So yeah, you just turn him into a straight scorer, and honestly, it does not help the Nuggets. So... That strategy worked out for Miami in game two, but Coach Malone's too good of a coach. Jokic is too good of a player for both of these guys not to make adjustments moving forward, which they did, and it turned into winning three games in a row and closing out the series. You know, some people have been ragging on the Nuggets for the not-so-impressive playoff run, despite going 16-4, and which is impressive. People are arguing, yeah, but they beat an 8-seed, 4-seed, a 7-seed, and then another 8-seed. While this is valid... Their hard work during the season is what gave them the best record in the West and this easier path to a championship. I got to give my best friend Ben a a shout out here and props. We actually did a NBA preview episode way back when, you know, before the season started, and he actually picked the Nuggets to win this year's championship. So congratulations, Ben, basking your glory in this one. Here's a fun NBA Finals stat for you guys. This is the first time there have been five different NBA champions in five years since 1977 through 81. Some people love dynasties, but isn't parody more fun? You obviously had the Nuggets this year, Warriors last year, Bucks in 2021, Lakers in 2020, and Raptors in 2019. Here's a crazy stat that kind of blew my mind a little bit. The Miami Heat and Golden State Warriors have been in 12 of the last 13 NBA Finals, but have never faced each other. First of all, that's crazy that those two teams have represented that many of the last NBA Finals. But despite that, they've never matched up in any of them. A fun fact about Jokic and Murray, 
They actually played together back in 2014 during the Hoop Summit. Murray was representing Canada and Jokic representing Serbia. And now nine years later, they're NBA champions. Speaking of Serbia, they've now got arguably the best player in the world in Jokic. I mean, that's up for debate. But, I mean, after what we saw him do in the playoffs here, win a championship, I mean, easily could have won regular season MVP, obviously won finals MVP. So I'd say he's got the crown right now until somebody takes it from him next year. But they've got the best NBA player in the world in Jokic, and now they've got the best tennis player in the world as well in Novak, who just won the French Open and now has 23 majors, which is absolutely incredible. So hats off to the country of Serbia. You guys are getting your flowers here. So congratulations. I mean, lots to be proud of if you're from Serbia. Well, we've had some coaching hires over the last few weeks. The Milwaukee Bucks hired former Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin. The Philadelphia 76ers hired former Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. So here the Raptors representing the league here, going out, finding other coaching jobs. Nick Nurse has already been trying to recruit James Harden to stay. Harden, as many have probably already heard, is interested in returning to the Houston Rockets. I mean, you've got the Sixers, I feel like, have way better of a chance of winning it all. But, I mean, the Rockets are young. They've got some draft picks. I mean, they do have a lot of young talent and stuff. And, I mean, James Harden did, you know, essentially have his best years in Houston. So, he's definitely interested in going back. We'll see if anything actually happens with that. Kendrick Perkins came out the other day. This was I thought this was interesting. He threw out a crazy prediction. But he said James Harden's going to the Lakers, which I don't see that happening at all. Lakers would have to give up a ton of their pieces. But anyways, he threw that one out. But I think it's much more realistic that Harden goes to the Rockets than the Lakers. Speaking of the Lakers, their former coach who helped bring them a championship just three years ago was hired with a five-year deal by the Phoenix Suns. I'm happy for him to get another shot, and the Suns should be very happy because he's a defensive-minded coach, and that was one thing that the Suns didn't do last year was play defense. They could score, but they couldn't stop anybody. Well, those Phoenix Suns made a major splash already here in the offseason as they have traded for all-star guard Bradley Beal, who was formerly on the Washington Wizards. The Suns are sending Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, a package of future second-round picks and multiple pick swaps to Washington in exchange. The biggest domino that had to fall for this to happen was that Beal had to waive his no-trade clause in order to be sent to the Suns. There is a chance, though, they're still working out the details of this trade, that there could potentially be a third team included, one specifically to acquire Paul, but the basic framework is done. One such team is his former team, the Los Angeles Clippers, who have been mentioned in that third team here to try to get Chris Paul uh, to L.A., And if that happens, there's been rumors that Kevin Durant actually wants the Suns to acquire Russell Westbrook because with Paul going to the the Clippers, they're probably not going to keep Westbrook then. There's no point in them keeping both those point guards. So Russell Westbrook's gone. Where's he going to go? Well, his buddy Kevin Durant says, come on over to Phoenix. Come join the party. I feel like, though, the Wizards didn't get as much as they should have gotten from this deal. I mean, yes, they got 
a couple players. They got several picks and all that, but Chris Paul's not playing a single minute for them. I think everybody knows that. It's pretty understood. But if Chris Paul did play for the Wizards, then the Wizards, Clippers, and Rockets would have cycled through the same three-point guards. Chris Paul, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook. That's pretty crazy. Going back to the Suns, KD's collecting the Infinity Stones of Super Teams. On the Thunder, obviously he's playing with Westbrook and Harden. You know, they were all young, but had that great trio. Gets broken up. Goes to the Warriors. He's got Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So that four-headed monster obviously won a couple championships. Then he goes to the Nets, teams up with Kyrie. They bring Harden in, so he's back playing with Harden. That doesn't work out. And now here Kevin Durant is once again with the Suns. He's already got Devin Booker, and now they've got Bradley Beal. So it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, all the odds makers are predicting the Suns to win the championship this next year, come away with the title. And on paper and offensively, they absolutely should. But as we saw last year, you know, offense only gets you so far. They couldn't play defense. They couldn't stop anybody. So they're going to put up the points. That's not going to be the issue. It's going to be the defensive end. But Frank Vogel coming in, like I said, great defensive-minded coach. I'm excited to see what he brings on the defensive side of the ball there, especially for a team who didn't play much defense last year. So very excited to see their team overall and how they do this next season. But this huge trade went down. Chris Paul was actually on Good Morning America, found out live on air that he had just been traded to the Washington Wizards, had a great attitude about it, smiled, laughed, said, hey, it's all part of the business. I get it, whatever. But now that obviously opens the door for him to go to another team because he can pretty much choose where he wants to go now if he you know, opts out of the Wizards because, again, no one sees him actually playing for them. So Clippers are the ones people are talking about a lot. If they get involved in the trade, if he just decides to go somewhere, gets to choose, the Lakers, obviously, with his relationship with LeBron James, they're a team to watch out for. I know many in the Lakers organization love the idea of keeping D'Angelo Russell, bringing in Chris Paul to just kind of mentor him, have both those guys uh, playing point guard for that team. So can you imagine Chris Paul coming in there, running pick and rolls with Anthony, Anthony Davis, taking some pressure off LeBron James as well? That'd be pretty lethal. Chris Paul to AD. And after all these years, Chris Paul, you know, almost went to the Lakers. That deal was all but done several years ago. Him and Kobe about to team up. David Stern said, nope, nix that one. So now after all these years, Chris Paul finds his way to the Lakers. That'd be pretty cool. Just have to wait and see what happens there. But a big trade, big Woj bomb just dropped here. I think, though, the top priorities for the Lakers this offseason is re-signing Austin Reeves. You got to do whatever you can, re-sign that guy. And I think they can give him all the way up to like $114 million so they can match any team that comes and says, hey, we'll give you this. They can match anything up to $114 million. So I feel like Reeves is a must. And also the other guy who's a must is Rui Hachimura. If nothing else, they need to make sure those two guys are wearing purple and gold next season. Other guys like Lonnie Walker the fourth, I think he'd be a great one to bring back. You know, he's got good shooting ability. And then you go out and you look for, you know, maybe grab another couple shooters. Again, I, I don't know what's so hard, but 
we've seen it proven time and time again over the years. You surround LeBron with shooters, and his team has success. That's all you need. Speaking of LeBron, some crazy notion came out a couple weeks ago about what would it look like of him going to the Golden State Warriors, which I was like, absolutely not. But if they were to release Moody, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole for LeBron, just a win-now mentality. You know, they're trying to maximize the what little window they have left. Can you imagine? What if ownership is like, hey, listen, Draymond, we would love to pay you more, but we can't. We're about to go way over the luxury tax. But if you take a pay cut, not only will we ship out Jordan Poole, the guy you dislike so much you punched in the face last year, we will bring in your good buddy LeBron James. What do you, what do you, what do you say about that? You don't think he would do that? I think he absolutely would. Again, I don't want that to happen. But that was something that I heard of, hey, of any team, that would be a team that could offer assets to the Lakers and is very much in a win now, even if it was let's just get LeBron for a year or two, they'd be willing to do it. Well, after 13 seasons, Michael Jordan has officially sold the Charlotte Hornets for $3 billion. As if that man needed any more money, but I'm sure he is relieved to get rid of that sorry franchise. And the last little bit of NBA news that just broke in the past day is that John Morant will be suspended for the first 25 games of next season. Truthfully, I think he's lucky because I think he should have gotten 50 games. But I'm glad they didn't just slap him on the wrist again with a small handful of games like six or eight and actually made it hurt a little bit more this time around. That's going to do it for this NBA Finals recap and other NBA news here on Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. Travis Harrison signing off.